0: Welcome to episode 126. Today, Dr. Hilda Martinez-Alba talks about her book called Wordless Picture Books. So much to say. Welcome to the Teaching Multilingual Learners podcast. This podcast celebrates teachers who answer the calling to serve multilingual students and their families.
1: Your beautiful smile.
0: When I get the rare chance to read a wordless picture book, I find myself happily lost in the world that that book creates. For some reason, I haven't gifted my students with the same joy of reading and learning with picture books. In this conversation, Dr. Gilda Martinez-Halba will share all the ways we can use wordless picture. Now, on to today's podcast. I am so excited to welcome back Dr. Hilda Martinez Alba back to the podcast. She was here before with Dr. Luis Benton, and they they talked last time about SEL and multilingual learners. But during that podcast, uh, Dr. Martinez Alba talked about wordless picture books as one of the, the strategies to support um, SEL. And I was like, oh, that is another opportunity to talk, to have you back. And so welcome back to the podcast. We're so excited for you to talk about wordless picture books. So much to say. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's just a pleasure to be here again and to share about one of my other passions, which are wordless books. I keep hearing about I keep hearing about them again and again through uh, friends and colleagues and Twitter, but also in person. And they're talking about the magic of wordless picture books. Can you start us off with telling us a story about that magic? Well, I have to tell you that as a multilingual learner
1: myself, when I was in school, I remember, you know, the teacher would read stories to the class and um, I was very energetic. And so be, between the fact that I didn't understand everything she said and that I was very energetic, I was always bored and I was like trying to jump around and you know not really paying attention. But then finally I, I came across a wordless book and I was fascinated as a child because I was like, wow, I don't have to read like this, the, the letters. I could just enjoy the pictures. And so it brought so much joy to me that when I became a reading specialist, which was always focused on multilingual learners, um, I wanted to spark that reading motivation with my students, with the the Wordless books. And so I found um, that they not only inspired my students, but then the families too, because the families didn't matter what language they speak, they could participate in the workshops. And so um, because the, the fact that they light up I just keep using
0: them and it just makes me so happy to share this joy. Yeah, I, I'm thinking if I was to go to another country and learn a language and if someone uh, put in front of me uh, like the text with just letters, I would be so overwhelmed and I would, be, I would be at a disadvantage compared to someone who knows the text or the letters. But if you put pictures in front of me, we're all on equal footing and right away we're not stressed We feel like, okay, there is some comprehension there. Let's talk about what is the seed for this book? Well, I was teaching a a group of future reading
1: specialists becoming focused on uh, multilingual learners. And um, because the the program itself, provides certification for reading and for ESOL or English for speakers of other languages. And anyways, I was within that class, I was talking about wordless books and being, you know, really excited about them and telling them, make sure you go to the library. And they were all excited to go to the library. That was going to be one of their assignments to pick as many wordless books as they could and bring them to class. And I told them around that time that I was putting in a proposal through TESOL Press to publish a book with lessons and then it ended up that the, the proposal was accepted. So I came back to the class and I said, oh my goodness, my proposal was accepted. And I said, "There was such a great group. I said, well, what about you all help me with the lessons? And so then it became even more inspiring. And so together me and my class um, were able to create this book filled with um, 23 different lessons with 23 different wordless books. And they, we focused on on reading, writing, listening, and speaking skills,
0: um, with all of the books, so it was really exciting to be able to do it with a whole group. So you structured the book around reading, writing, speaking, and listening through wordless picture books. That is going to yes, awesome. so yes. Would you tell us more about that?
1: Well, um, so in terms of let's let's break it down to speaking and listening skills, um, they're really so good because you know you can dialogue in any language. So I always share with um, families and parents and teachers, of course, that, you know, the more you use your language, the, you know, all those skills will transfer right when the children, as they grow up. And so having that dialogue, that flow of conversation that just happens naturally with the pictures, you know, is so good for developing the speaking and the listening skills. And then in the, in the book, one of the lessons is focused on the the book called mirror. And um, so in the book mirror, Well, let me let me share it with you real quick, just so you could see. So you could see here in the book. um, The pages actually turn out, which is so fascinating. So then you get to see side by side a story of somebody from Australia and somebody from Morocco. And so it goes through the daily routine of these two families. And so in the in the. um, in my book Wordless book so much to say the lesson is has a Venn diagram so it has the teacher talking to the students and the students are listening to each other about what is the similar and what is different and so and then later on they could then talk about how things are similar or different in their own culture. So that's one that I really I really love. And I, and I use for speaking and listening. And then for for reading and writing um you know uh, Something that's very simple that anybody can do just, you know, by picking up the book, you can have the students actually write the story, you know, that that comes to their mind. So, you know, everybody's right because there's no wrong answer here, which is so delightful for your multilingual learners. But also um, something I've done in my classes is I've had, you know, used certain authors so that students can model after their writing style. So obviously that would be somebody for a more intermediate or advanced a multilingual learner, but um, but that's something that they could do. But then I have another example for younger students. So I'm going to share my screen one more time. So you can see this is um, good dog Carl. So you may be familiar with this story. And, um, and in this story, the um, teacher can write the action words on cards and then put them in a book because there's several action words in this story, which I'll show you in just a second, and um, and the students can pull them out after they have looked at the story, and then act them out. So they're reading the the cards, and then they get to actually do them physically. So in this story, it's pretty funny how the dog. There's just this one sentence at the beginning and one sentence at the end that the the mom says, "Look after the baby, Carl." Carl is the dog. I'll be back shortly, and there's the baby in the. In the crib but as soon as the mom leaves you can see that the baby gets up carl is looking out the window and then oh the adventure begins of all the things that they do around the house so you know what what could be the action word here that the baby is riding the dog or mounting the dog like you mount a horse you know later on it looks like they're jumping on the bed so the word could be jumping. And then here it looks like they're playing with mommy's things. So anyway, so you could go through and then just write down all the action words and um, and just have a good time. So that's uh, one of the lessons that I have there in the story for that, for reading and writing.
0: My goodness, my mind is running with all the things you could do just with that book. Right. Of course, you could teach like present tense right? you can teach perspective, you could teach grammar there. But I'm thinking about the shared experience approach. Sorry, not a shared experience, the language experience approach where a lot of us use, where we say, let's start together with a picture book. We're on the Mm -hmm. same playing field. We're on the same level uh, because there isn't a language barrier there. We're all sharing common language and that common language is our images. And so we talk about it. And then the teacher can co-write the text with students' ideas.
1: So maybe mm-hmm. students are,
0: at, are are narrating, writing the saying the words, and the teacher is narrating the story for kids, or writing it down, scribing the story for kids, which then can become their text for reading. Right. Exactly. Exactly. This is going to be so. Yeah. Exciting. So
1: sometimes you know, I'll have the the after they've been doing the writings, I'll create class books, and then that gets into the class library. So that students can then just, you know, you know, it might laminate it so that it or put it in pages, plastic pages, so
0: that they could see it again and again, you know. So next year I'm moving to Cambodia and I'm thinking about, oh, my goodness, how am I going to teach beginners again? I'm like, wait, I do know how to teach. And there are many ways you you can do that. And then this would be one way to start them off saying, hey, we could do this.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many wordless books out there. I know teachers will always say, you know, when I talk to them. Oh, I have one or, Oh, I have a couple, but you know, I really think it's good to just dive in and get, you know, as many as you can. And, you know, even if it's at the public library and you just check them out for a couple of weeks at a time,
0: because there's just, there are several. Can you tell us a few more lessons that you said there are 25 lessons. Would you share with us a few more? Sure. So there's one that I had that is it's uh, one of my favorite books called chalk
1: and in chalk, the children, um, they find some chalk, and they're as they're drawing their different images on the ground, they come to life. And so, um, in my in my lesson, what I had the uh, students do is recreate the the lesson uh, or the story, but with a video. So they would have to like learn video editing skills. So it even you know you could you could do it with younger students, which I've done it both ways. Where you actually become the videographer and then you have them act it out. So they're hearing you, you know, share what's the beginning of the story, what's the middle of the story, what's the end. And then you, they could act it out. And uh, with older students, I've done it where they actually video themselves and, you know, and it becomes a whole like movie production. So there's a lot of listening and reading and writing skills um, being developed in the process. And it just becomes, it just takes the book to a
0: whole nother layer. So. It's like, there's so many things you could do just with, you just, you just shared with one book how it can be d- done with elementary school students, but then how it can be changed for middle school students. I'm thinking, um, wordless picture books are like a clay. You can mold it in the way that you like, or water. It can take different shapes and be used for different functions. Right. Yeah. It's, and a lot of times people will say, you know, well, you know, my older students, they
1: would be like offended if I brought up a wordless picture book, but I always tell them to take the stance of, you're going to be an author, you know, you're the adult author or the creator. And so in that way, you, you know, you're not, it's not like you're, you know, being treated like if you're a young child that has to look at this little book, that's for young children, but as the, you know, adult perspective. So in that way, I think it's, it's,
0: it works. All right. Even for middle school or high school kids, they might look at this and they say, yeah, this this is kiddish, childish. Uh, but once they start reading, once they start writing, they're going to see how academic it is and how rigorous and challenging it is.
1: Right, right. Yeah, especially if you share about different authors, you know, and their writing styles and their writing process and the things that they have gone through. You can talk about their biography and how they created, you know, what inspired them to write this book or that book. So there's a lot that you can get into with the authors themselves. That then, you know, they can be authors.
0: Oh, like there's a maybe a prologue or maybe a epilogue or maybe we can go on YouTube and find the author talking about the book, and that adds different layers. Ex- to it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So for example, I mean, I know that Spanish is not the only uh, other language in the in the United States here, but It is the second most spoken language, which is why I always talk about it um, since I am in the United States. But um, there's this website called Colorín Colorado and that one has a series of authors on there that um, they they have, you know, interviews with them and things like that. So I always like to share that with my students. I know some of my favorite books, you know, like the Red Book, Rain or in Rainstorm, uh, well, Rainstorm is about a, a, a child that's goes through a tunnel, he finds a tunnel in his house. And then when he ends up on the other side, he meets these new friends, and they're like on an island, and they have some, a great time. But then he has to, of course, go back home. And then he's missing his friends. And so he figures, well, you know what, he could bring his friends over. But that opens the door of, you know, a lot of students that might not have their families close by might be missing their family. You can make that connection so that, you know, so again, you know, not one word in that book, but yet you could have such deep conversations from that story. The other one uh, uh, that reminds me of that kind of thing is the red book. And the red book is also um, one where the child is walking around and they find this book. And as they're looking in the book, they see somebody that's somewhere else. And that somebody is then looking at them and they're looking at each other. So that, you know, that other, this person, the the child that found the book is in the snow. It looks like in the city. And the, the, the child that he's looking at in the book is out in the, you know, in another island with the sand and it's sunny and it looks like it's hot. And anyways, he's trying to figure out how to get to his new friend that he sees in the book. And he ends up getting, um finding all these balloons that were for sale and he flies on with, with the balloons and he meets his friend on the other side. So, <laughs> but again, you know, it's the whole like, oh, such a dilemma. How are you going to go get to see your friend or your family? It's so much struggle with that, you know, and so they can talk about all those emotions and just, you know, how it's, you know, different people go through different things to uh, be able to Get
0: reunited with their family and friends. Right. It's I guess wordless picture books are a really great tool to help students think conceptually, right? Just like you're talking yes. about friendship, just like the conversation we had before about migration. It's even though there's a there's there's not even a single word in the text, there the concepts are held by the images, and augmented by the images. Would you tell us about the planning process of how to plan? for using wordless picture books?
1: Well, I mean, I think it really depends on your students, you know, and the objectives that you're trying to um, reach or, or meet with, you know, your particular students. So you can really individualize the use of the wordless books. So as I mentioned, you know, the you could use a story for a young, very young, or an emerge or, you know, either young or emergent, depending, you know, on what your student uh, population is, all the way through, um, through adults that you know maybe are at the advanced levels, so I think that's first and foremost is that you consider your you know your objectives, and then you know a lot of times people say you know pick something that is relevant you know something that they could connect to, so that that way um, they have a hook, you know so to speak that if it's something that they they, they can resonate with, it's very helpful. So that's another thing to consider. And then, you know, what skills do you want to develop? Do you want to develop their, you know, their writing skills or do you want to work on speaking and listening first? So I think, I think all those things come into play, you know, it's really who, who is your audience? Who are your students?
0: And then develop based on that. So it's just like planning for any text, how to use any text, video text, like a written text, but now this is a wordless book text. So it's, the same process like you don't just start with the activity of the book but you think about what concept what objectives what thinking skills can using this book help students to practice develop absolutely absolutely so tell us about are you planning on creating your own wordless picture books well you know what i would love to
1: create wordless picture books because i feel like even though there are plenty out there i feel like there could be more but um i'm not the best artist but i do have two new Chiweenies, which are chihuahuas mixed with dachshunds so they are really very cute of course i'm biased but i'm thinking maybe i could use them their names are mango and kiwi in potential worldless picture books in the future so look for those <laughs>
0: I, th- I think you have an audience ready well i would definitely uh Love to read any picture book with little dogs in it. And so great for kids as well. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite wordless picture books and why? Well, I
1: mentioned um, chalk, right? And I mentioned mirror, rainstorm, the red book. There's also um, zoom is another one that I really like because that one is really artistic. And so you're looking at something at the very beginning and then it zooms out. And it keeps zooming out and so then all of a sudden you know now you're you know you thought you were looking at a rooster but then you were looking at the people looking at the rooster and then you were looking at the farm and then now you're looking at the the whole landscape as people are driving past the farm and so it just it's so interesting how it how it's well it's called zoom so So, and so you can have such rich conversations about, you know, you can have predictions. What do you think you're going to see next? Where are they going with this? You can talk about, um, you know, how can, how can you create a Zoom book? You know, how can we do this? I could see once again, you know, maybe you could bring in maybe not video, but pictures yourself. Like you have, you draw one big picture and then where would you start taking a picture zooming in so that you could create your own Zoom book? um so anyways that one that one is definitely up there on my list of of favorites
0: yeah I can see ways of teaching perspectives with that book right yes would you tell us about things so you told us about things we we can do with picture books can you tell us about things the other side what should teachers avoid uh, doing when using wordless picture books
1: well that's a good question yeah I mean I think to something to avoid is, you know, as I mentioned earlier, people people always talk about how, oh, you know, I can't share this with my older students. And so what I would avoid would be to to treat them like if they were younger students, if you have adults or middle schoolers or high schoolers, and then, you know, just read, show them the book, like, you know, so that they can have a conversation about it without any preface about, you know, how they are in an older role um, as they are participating in this so that they don't feel like you're babying them you know so that would be very careful not to baby um, older students so that they don't feel like like oh gosh she you know she's doing this because because I don't know English you know so I think that would be that would be a something to be careful about you know always preface it so that the students feel like you know oh yeah even though I'm 15 or I'm 25, I
0: understand why she's using this with me, right? Uh, Teachers always love hearing the language that consultants or experts would use. How would you, what's the language you would use when you preface a book like this to older students? Well, I mean, I would would start by saying, oh, look, you know, this author
1: created this book um, based on, and then I would probably give them a little bit of background about the author and how they came up with this story and then talk about how we are going to be authors today. Let's say, for example, and so we're going to use this book, you know, to then create our words to go with it as authors would do. And then I might show other books, you know, that um, maybe some of my other favorite authors or the books that are related to that particular book, you know, that actually do have words, so that they can see how the story could flow, you know. Again, depending on the objectives, and so that way um, I could you know, really focus on the author piece and then help, help them feel connected in that way.
0: So you're saying that the wordless picture book is, you preface it by saying this is a tool, this is one artifact that we're going to use to expand our learning. It plays a role and it's not just the only thing. Uh, so students say, oh, okay, I see there's a role that this plays in the lesson today.
1: Yes. And then maybe also, you know, sharing, of course, with them the objective that you want them to come away with so that, again, you know, it's not like
0: they're just seeing this picture book without purpose. There's always a reason for something. Kids want to know that reason why I'm almost 18. Why am I reading a wordless picture books? Oh, so true. Right. So true. Going to be authors and we're going to be adding the text into this. Okay. I get it now. Oh, we're going to talk about migration through this. Oh, yes. Is there anything else that you want to share about wordless picture books or what trends do you see that's happening with picture books before we go to our final question? Well, I mean, in terms of trends, I know the interesting
1: thing was, I want to say the first picture book came out in 1932. I'm pretty sure it was 1932. And and then it took years before the next picture book, wordless picture book came out. But then after that, it seemed like they have been, you know, on a continual flow of production. However, you know, it's not like there are thousands of wordless picture books out there. So, um, so that is why everybody needs to get on board and start creating these wordless picture books, so that we have more, you know, so that
0: we can share with our students. Do you have any wordless picture books that? Because um, I know diversity is really important, and culturally responsive instruction is really important. Do you have any that's? And you talked about. Um, Spanish speakers. Do you have any that's connected to uh, Latinx culture?
1: Well, see, that is why, that is why we need to create more. No, I do not have any connected to the Latinx culture. I mean, there are picture books connected to the Latinx culture, but you know, with words, but a lot of times I have found that they're not, not always, but many times, I feel like they're very stereotypical. And so, um, so that kind of saddens me so you know you have to carefully pick um the the you know the books that I do want to use and so i again that's why we need to all come together and start creating these wordless picture books the other thing that i think is really important and that's you know another topic but is bilingual books i feel like bilingual books same thing you know if they're if they're just creating a book that's already in english let's say and then they're adding another language fine but when i feel like when they try to uh, from the beginning create a, a bilingual book a lot of times um, they are many you know stereotypical if they're if they're doing a story of, of families you know and so I think it would be great if we go beyond that you know and share the strengths a lot of times there's a lot of weakness you know that's that's demonstrated and so rather than that let's you know let's think about asset-based instruction and let's focus on the positives because there's so many you know with our different cultures. So.
0: Now I'm speaking to all the listeners out there. This is a call for you to think about a book that you want to share that comes from your own experiences, that comes from your culture, that you wanna share, because there's a there is a there is an audience that's waiting to read your wordless picture books. Right. Can I ask you about going the other way around? So what if we take a book that a children's book with words and then we cover the words and have kids um, can we use that in the same way, like cover the words of a, wor- of, a, of a word book, a children's book? Yes,
1: yes, you could do that. You could do that. And I have done that, actually. Um, and it works. But, you know, children are so curious. So they always want to say, well, why do you have that covered? And what's going on with that? And, you know, and then you, know, you have to talk about why you have it covered and, you know, the fact that you want to have a conversation or, or a dialogue or what's your purpose of having it covered. But um, so it works, but it's not as good as if it already came that way, you know, because of that, because then it becomes this whole thing uh, of, you know, oh, well, let's take that off. You know, they can't wait to
0: take it off. And so, <laughs> so you're saying that wordless picture books are genre in itself. They're meant to be wordless for a reason. Yes, absolutely. So let's end with this question. What, where would, what's the first few steps that you would share with teachers who get started with Wordless Picture Books?
1: Well, I would suggest that, you know, you, because I know the teachers don't necessarily have, you know, money coming in through everywhere. So (laughs) I would suggest go to the public library, see what's out there. You know, um, there are several books in the public library that you can look at. And um, I would start there, bring those books to the class, you know, showcase them you know, as in doing like book talks. I know my students always love when I do a book talk, that's the book that they want to see first. And so I'll have like a basket of books and I'll book talk different books um, every week. So that way it's like they're these brand new books to them, but you know, they're books from the library, so they're not brand new, but they're free. And, um, And so I would start like that. And then that would just get them interested,
0: give them that taste and then, you know, start doing your lessons with them. Many of us are familiar with book talks. That's a that's a tried and true practice. And so we when we use book talks with wordless picture books, it gives us it raises wordless picture books at the level where they're at every other book is at, right? It gives it like the let's give space for us to talk about wordless picture books through book talks. Exactly. Right. And I'm as you were talking, I was thinking, you know what? Maybe I can have my students who are beginners Like, there are boxes of books, and one of the boxes is World's Picture Books. And during independent reading, they can choose to use that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And if you use them as the book talk books, then it wouldn't be, you know, odd for them to want to gravitate towards those. They wouldn't have to be like embarrassed about picking that book versus a novel or something that has a lot more text. Um, because it's been showcased, you know, like,
0: oh, you should definitely look at this. this right. You know, the illustrations are beautiful or, or whatever. Right, so, right. this reminds me of I think when I talk about culturally responsive instruction, it comes down to one word. It means, uh, well, it comes down to one phrase, a concept is uh, not othering others. So, in the same way, uh, we don't, if we don't other wordless picture books, they become they are on the same level as other books and students will start to read them and they won't feel embarrassed because there isn't any embarrassment that is associated with reading Wordless Picture Books. And you share absolutely with that already. Yeah. Well, Dr. Martinez, Alba, thank you so much for sharing us with us your book, Wordless Picture Books, so much to say. I can just imagine all the ways that teachers are gonna use books. I, if I was right now on a drive to my school, I would be going parking my car when I get there and going to the library and finding my librarian to help me find a wordless picture book. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, thank you so much. And I really hope people start using wordless picture books as much as possible. And start writing them as well. And start
0: writing them as well, because yes, we need to add to the collection. Oh, What's the process of writing a picture, wordless picture book? We talked about that. I'll I'll just include that. Let me start over. So what's the process of uh, writing a wordless picture book? Well, I think the process is probably pretty similar to any
1: story that you would want to write. You know, you probably want to start with an outline, you know, so that that way you have your structure, because even though there are no words, the pictures need to be in sequence. They need to, you know, they need students need to be able to follow along the story. unless you want it to be a, a wordless picture book where it's learning about different um, items. You know how sometimes you'll have a, like almost like an alphabet book, you know, you have your apple, a apple for the first, and then the, the next one could be a ball. That could be a wordless book too. But if I'm thinking of actual story, you would wanna, you know, make sure you have the beginning, middle, end of the sequence, however however your sequence might flow. But um, But yes, I would definitely, do that before starting to either take pictures or do the illustrations but i i know that you could you could publish your books with um you know by seeking out different publishers that have similar books and then writing them and asking if they're interested um sometimes the publishers will want you to have an agent though so i
0: guess it really just depends on which publisher you're looking at For those, so this is, I'm writing my second book and I don't have an agent. So if teachers are out there who say, oh, I want to write a book, don't worry. If you have an agent, great. If you don't, just send emails and let's see what happens. Absolutely. I totally agree with that because
1: an email is quick for you and it'll tell you your answer that you want to know. And yes, there are
0: many publishers that don't require an agent. Right, right. Okay. Well, Dr. Hilda Martinez Alba, Thank you so much again for coming on the podcast to talk about wordless picture books. I know that now you are giving us a lot to talk about with our colleagues when thinking about instruction for multilingual learners at all stages. Before we recap this episode, I have a favor and an invitation. My favor is to ask you to please review this podcast if you found it valuable so that teachers like you become inspired and informed in their advocacy work. My invitation is for you to enroll in my scaffolding learning or teacher collaboration courses. I've taken the principles that I've learned from experts in the field. I've applied them to my classes. I kept the things that worked and I'm sharing all of them in these courses. I hope you consider enrolling. Now onto our recap. I'm now so inspired to give wordless picture books a try. Initially, I can see how wordless picture books can be a soft landing for our beginners as they learn a new language. Now I'm seeing all the way they can be used for older and more proficient students. Dr. Hilda martinez Alba, talked about all the ways that we could develop reading, writing, speaking, and listening skills through wordless picture books. It seems like wordless picture books can become bridges of connections between content and students' understanding. If you use wordless picture books, tweet us up and let us know so we can learn along with you. In the next episode, we're so fortunate to have Dr. Jim Cummings back on the podcast to talk about his new book called Rethinking Instruction for MLs. Thank you for listening. I'll see you soon. Be safe and be rooted in peace. It's your turn to play Traffic Light Teaching. Tweeted me either your red, yellow, or green light from this particular episode.